Hey everybody, how's it going? This is your dear friend Tino Killed It, and this is what the fuck am I doing with my life? Um, in this episode, we are going to talk about a few things that I feel like are going to be really good to hear for people who are just starting to get into music. Um, we are going to talk about beat selections, and we're also going to talk about song structure. So, just to kind of give an overview of what this is going to be about. Um, yeah, here we go. So, I remember when I first started um, making music, uh, I would try to find things to write to. And um, back then, this was, you know what I mean? I say back then, but um, I was roughly about like, 10 to 12 when I was really experimenting with music and not really and really just trying to work to kind of find a sound that worked for me you know um and uh I I had this game for my PlayStation 2 called beat uh MTV beat generator and um I remember you can go in there and you could flip like all these like modern songs that were at the time with these like little packets that they had and you could flip them into these beats and um dude that shit was so clean to me I remember thinking that was, like, the dopest thing ever. Me and my brothers used to fuck with that thing for hours. So, like, we would uh, create these beats. And um, I would have these raps that I would start writing, like, at school and stuff. You know what I mean? Because, mind you, I was in, like, fifth, sixth grade. I don't really know how any of this shit works. I just kind of knew how I wanted it to sound. <clears throat> and, like, um, like, I remember just trying to kind of piece it together once I found a beat that worked for it so back then a lot of what I did was writing verses first and writing songs but not having beats for them and then once beats would come in later I would find which of those songs would fit for these beats and I'm sure that for like a lot of new artists and I say that because I recently just had a conversation with one um after the uh you know first couple episodes of the podcast they had reached out to me and then asked me um, you know, about like beats and stuff like that. And, uh, this was actually what I suggested to them because I actually feel like it worked better for me as the time came down the road. Um, once the years of like YouTube came around and stuff like that, uh, <laughs> I say that because like, honestly, it wasn't that long ago and I'm not that old, but it just, it was, it was a long time ago. Anyways, um, when YouTube was, was, uh, finally introduced to the world, producers had an outlet to be able to get beats heard from artists around the world. So um, what a lot of producers would do is they would put these like beats out and they would label it a certain type of artist sound, right? So like, let's say if, um, and this is the same example I used for the person I was talking to, but let's say you, uh, you rap like Snoop Dogg, right? Uh, <clears throat> I know that's kind of weird, but and you, so you, you kind of want to sound like that, right? You could simply go to YouTube and look up Snoop Dogg type beats. And there you will see a plethora of selections over the years of people who have made beats that were inspired by how Snoop Dogg sounds. And that's such a good tool to have for, you know, newer artists because it took me a long time to find my sound. And I'm still finding new things about it even now. And mind you, I have now been creating songs and music for roughly about 18 years. Um, you know what I mean? Now, I haven't actually been like fulfilling music, you know, solidly that whole time. But as far as actually like writing music and trying to find my sound, it's been roughly about 18 years. So 
Imagine how many beat selections I have gone through in that time to still get to a point now where I'm still constantly working on my sound. It's a, it's a hard process. Your sound is going to change so much throughout the course of time. And that's why beat selections are so pivotal because you could be, you let's say you do mess with a producer, right? If this producer is kind of like a one-track pony that only knows how to make a certain type of beat, then guess what? That is the only type of music that you're making. And that's not good for you. You know what I mean? That's not good for you. And ultimately, I mean, you, you're going to grow bo- bored of it, right? As any artist does. No artist can stand being complacent for so long. So once you've kind of felt like, okay, I've done this, now you want to move on to different things, right? Because in the time that I've been doing music, I have written all sorts of different songs. Everything from, you know what I mean? We start with rap, but then you head over to R&B. I've, wrote, I've written pop songs. I've written country songs. I've written, you know what I mean? Like all these different type of genres. Now, granted, my music branch is pretty, pretty deep in there, but for a lot of people, like you don't really know what you want your sound to be. And I mean, that was a lot of what I was coming into. I didn't really know how I wanted to sound, right? There was even a point where I kind of wondered, did I want to be a rapper? Maybe I wanted to kind of explore the world of singing a little bit. Obviously didn't choose to do that, but it still, it, it still is an area of wonder. So like a lot of things I tell new artists is like, Start with this. Start with the YouTube shit and try to find you some beats that are going to sound like what you want. Or experiment with some shit. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that right there is such a good, like, it's such a good thing to have, right? I have a buddy of mine um, who's not a fan of YouTube beats at all. Um, they feel as though it's it's amateur, right? And um, that's a fair point. It's a very fair point. But the way that I look at it, right, is that these producers uh, that are putting this stuff out there are similar to us, right? The reason why they're putting the content out there to begin with is because they need the exposure in order to get noticed. So even though you'll see a beat that has about 500,000 views or sometimes even up to a million views, that doesn't necessarily mean that the beat itself is known, right? So if you release a song with that beat, like it's going to come off as though it's your song. And that's the mentality you have to break, right? Like you're like in these very early stages that we're in, you're not important enough to where if you rap on a YouTube beat, it doesn't matter if it looks amateur. Guess when you don't have to look amateur anymore? When you're actually making money off your music. So unless you're doing that, I think focusing on what looks professional and what looks amateur it it should all just be very just not primary at all. It should be in the background. So when you guys like when so like when I so even now when I select my beats, I I'm vi- I'm still going to YouTube and searching those things up. Now I go through the channels to purchase my leases and everything like that, so everything's official and legal and great. But it it still the like that world of like YouTube beats is actually just a really great tool, especially for newer artists and those who are upcoming. Because, like, if you do end up making a living off of music and you do end up like getting in there, guess what? You'll meet producers and guess what? They will, you know, help you out with beats. Like, you'll get to that point. I just think everybody kind of rushes to get there. Let that part come naturally. But ultimately, dude, there are plenty of free options as well. But if you do want to invest in your craft and still have that quality type of sound, you can invest in these producers. And forming these relationships with these producers really help you out in the long run. So 
ultimately, the more you can network with people, I always say it works out better, right? So if you're going to network with a producer and be like, hey, man, like even if you make a, a song to one of their free beats, right? Like let's say you didn't pay them for it because they have listed it up there for free and you have downloaded it for free, probably has some tags in it, whatnot, but like you still record a song over it. Send it over to that producer. Most producers usually put their emails in their like descriptions. Send them the song. Like, let them hear it, dude, because, like, when they have that vision, when they create the song, there is a sort of image that they have in their head as far as how they want the song itself to sound. Um, and, I mean, sometimes it's kind of good to hear if you really hit the nail, like, on the head with that. You know what I mean? I've done that multiple times where I've sent songs to the producers who made them, and then they reply back with, like, dude, this was better than the way I visioned it. Or, hey, bro, like, you really, like, nailed the concept that I was trying to go for with this one. You know what I mean? So, and it's like, and that, and, and honestly, for you, that's a very fulfilling feeling, right? Because these are other people who are putting their art out there. And I mean, let's say they have, you know, whether they have a little views or they have a lot of views, you've connected with that person, right? You were able to form that connection with them, and that's going to carry on with them. Um, so, I know when we say beat selection, it probably sounds like it shouldn't be as important as it is. Um, but yeah, I guess you'd be pretty surprised, huh? Song structure. This is a very important tool to learn because depending on what you're trying to do with like your music and, um, stuff like that, like it's very pivotal how far it can go based upon this. Um, us as rappers, it, it's so funny how rap has evolved so much now. Um, and I know that there's a lot of heat that's given to a lot of these new rappers because the way they sound and stuff like that. And it's it's funny, though, because even though, like, sometimes, like, I really do, like, enjoy it, there are also times where I'm like, all right, this is kind of a little dumb. Um, I guess I just see the importance of it. Right, because the new wave of music now is really changing the way that we structure songs. And it really challenges like us as artists to keep up with these times, right? This is exactly why like your favorite rappers from thirty years ago are not still relevant now, right? Like those from even even the twenty years ago are not really, you know, relevant now. Um and it's because of song structure and here's exactly what i mean so when i started writing music when i was like you know 10 i didn't know anything about it obviously right so i just wrote <clears throat> lines after lines after lines and you know they would rhyme like that did completely unintentional uh but i would sit here and just write for however long i felt was necessary and then i would just stop so essentially <clears throat> what I would be having is literally just a like a freestyle verse essentially is what that was. And I would find a beat that would suit it and then I would just rap over it. And I mean I did that shit like like probably well I shouldn't say like I made it seem like it's forever, but probably about 8th grade was probably when I started to figure out that there should be a chorus involved. <laughs> um 
And so, like, for rappers, it was always very basic, right? You you have three verses, and you probably have to do a chorus twice with a debatable third one after the third verse. Um, and, I mean, that was kind of it. Like, that was the song structure for rap. Um, but the thing is, I was still trying to develop my craft as a rapper. So because of that, I stuck with that song structure for a very long time. Um, because once I figured that out when I was like 13, I probably didn't break that shit until I was about 22. So it really, it really lingered there. Um, but that whole time I was really trying to focus on my actual craft of rap, of rapping itself. I guess I figured that if I rapped well enough, it didn't matter if the song structure itself was boring. I figured people would listen through it for the bars. And that sounds really stupid, right? Um, and I mean, I know, like, as a rapper, like, you want to try to bar out on tracks, but there's, I find that there's ways to do that without actually having to, like, bar the fuck out, right? Like, this is, like, um, I noticed probably when I was about, like I said, so when I was probably about, like, I'll say like 19, 1920, I really started experimenting with different sounds and rapping over different type of beats. I wasn't just rapping over rap beats at this point because I, it was getting boring to me, right? And I liked songs that had different structures. So allowing me to be able to rap on these beats made me kind of exposed to these different structures because sometimes you can't rap the same way. I shouldn't say sometimes. Most of the time, you can't rap the same way on like, a different genre track than hip-hop right it's kind of like why when like hip-hop people try to cross over with like country people and i mean to some people it sounds good to me it sounds corny it sounds corny as hell to me um but that that's just my my personal opinion on it right like it's just the way i guess i interpret it and that's just how it sounds to me but hey if you like it whatever so new um but when it comes to like, how do I explain it? There's like this essential point. Like, if you get to R and B, it's not bad. You get to pop, it gets tricky. So, for example, I was working on this cover of "Wide Awake" from Katy Perry, um, and I had a friend of mine, Bryce Charles, who beautiful singer and i mean you guys see her on a lot of different things now she's been on uh netflix's uh fuller house uh she's been on blackish um and i i think there's a couple other tv shows too but you know what i mean she's gone on to do very successful things um but before she was as big as she was uh she was in my garage just like everybody else you know trying to knock out these hits um and we were and so I had this idea to do a cover of Wide Awake, and I forgot who it was that inspired it, but I remember I had some, like, uh, white girlfriend that was like, oh, you should do this song, and that's so what I did. Um, and so I, uh, I, I had this verse, and I wrote it very methodically, um, because the whole concept of being wide awake I never really understood it from the concept of Katy Perry and what that song meant. But the way I interpret it was kind of like you have a realization. Um, so the verses that I had were very reflective of that and just constantly coming to newer realizations. But the whole time doing it in complete like just play on words and metaphors. And um, it was like one of my favorite verses ever at that time. Uh, not now, but uh, at the time for sure. 
And um, then I had Bryce come in here and she would just sing so beautifully on it. And like, I tried to mix it the best I could, man. But to be honest, I really couldn't do her voice justice. I did everything I could. And I don't even know if I still left that on my SoundCloud, but um, she did a phenomenal job. Um, really just came in and killed it. And her dedication to it was phenomenal. And so it added this new element for me that I didn't know could exist in the realm of rap. Right. Because at the time it really wasn't. And so I would start experimenting with all different types. Like I think I did a cover of Kids by uh, MGMT. Um, I did a cover of uh, Puck, uh, Pumped Up Kicks. Um, like there was all these different avenues that I was trying to go through. And it was because it was teaching me all these different sounds and just ways to kind of move around songs. And not only that. But a lot of times I would try to duplicate the choruses themselves. So the Pumped Up Kicks cover that I did, I was extremely proud of that one. I could not have been more proud of that one because I literally did everything I could. And it was all me vocally that I I just don't think I could have made the chorus sound more identical to the original than it actually sounded. Um, and I was very proud of that. I still am. I still listen to that and go, damn, I can't believe I did that back then. Um, so learning how to really like structure melodies and harmonies and stuff like that. Oh man, that opened a whole new like ball game for me. And so I, um, and so when I went on this like musical break, um, for like four years, right. Cause I dropped cover the spread. Um, and I was very underwhelmed by how it went. And that was kind of where my falling out with music happened. And it wasn't that I wasn't writing songs throughout the course of this time. It was just I would write songs and then get tired of them. Um, especially because then I would write another song that would just shit all over the last one. And I just felt this like continuous improvement in my craft that I didn't really pay attention to the fact that I wasn't releasing any music at all. Because... It was in my head, I was still I was still working, right? I was still putting a lot into this. But the reality is I wasn't putting anything out. I wasn't even posting anything about music. I wasn't doing shows. I literally did not do anything for four years um, other than just write to myself and in my notepad. Um, and then just showed like my close friends like that was going to matter. Um, but looking back on it now, I'm very happy I did that. Because to the point of where I am now when it comes to, like, songwriting, it's very much improved from where it was prior. Because, like I said, I stuck with that, like, that 2-3 zone there, song structure, <laughs> like, three verses, two choruses, for, like, nine years. And I pretty much just lived and breathed by it. Like, I thought that shit was going to make it happen. Um, and then it wasn't, it actually wasn't until my cousin, I think, pointed out to me and my cousin basically told me you rap at the same on every single song, every single song you rap the same. So then having to kind of just try this new stuff, I knew it wasn't going to work. Like I knew rapping over fucking wide awake wasn't going to, you know, do wonders for my career, but it was more of, I just wanted to experiment with these things because I really had nothing to lose. Um, and I mean, obviously, those things really started to carry over into my rap music, um, as well as other influences as well. You know what I mean? I, was, I became really big into like hardcore music and stuff like that. And those structures are crazy. So once 
And the, the level of writing in that, the intensity of it was something I wanted to bring over into rap as well, too. So there were so many elements that really started to kind of join factors. And I feel like now I'm really finding that pocket where the sound is going to work for me best. Um, and it's funny because if you guys actually go to my Spotify, so if you guys actually just look me up as Tino Killed It, uh, if you Google that, that's all me. That's all you'll find. Um, there... There's an EP on there uh, for, that's called New Me. New Me EP. Uh, it was released in April of last year, and that was the first project I released after this four-year stint. Um, the music that you guys will hear on there, I was very proud of at the time. Very proud of. I was like, this is my body of work. Um, it's not. Uh, just, just like I said before, I, I have a tendency to think really highly of my product when I'm done with it, because obviously why would I release it if I wasn't proud of it? Um, but that's not the, like, it's just not where I wanted the rest of like my music career to go, I guess. And I'm making music now that is substantially different from that. Um, and honestly, I'm just like super excited that once it's like recorded and like laid down you guys will definitely start to see the differences so um i always like tell people man like having those music genre like influences are huge because being able to take the structure of that and being able to apply it to a music that essentially it doesn't belong in is could end up being something super pivotal that's why you have people like Post Malone and, you know what I mean? Even like Young Thug and stuff like that to where like whether you like their music or not, they're doing something that's so different that it's being impactful. And now you have a whole list of people who are coming around it as well too. And those who are better at that formula are going to further improve it and further impact it. So I feel like what we're going to end up finding here is this like the rapidy rap that we all love and this whole mumble rap mu- movement that people love and hate, I feel like are going to end up coinciding at some point. And when they do, it's going to make for a brand new structure of rap music, but with the same lyricism that made rap music what it is. I'm trying to find that right now. And if I do find that, so help me God, if I don't take off to like the like the moon and back, it... I, I give up. <laughs> that simple as that. I'd fucking give up. Alright. So, this here is my favorite portion of the show. The self-sabotage. Um, now, this one isn't going to sound like it's very impactful. Like, it's something that's super serious. But, I think you guys will see the importance of it by the end of it. Um, so I talked about when during that four year stint, I, uh, felt I was working because I was writing and that, and that, that aspect is very true. I I did write a lot of songs during that time. Um, roughly about like, I'd say probably anywhere about 20, 20 to 25 songs during that time. Um, and definitely enough to release six EPs in that time. None of which that I did. Um, And I know that I could sit here and be like, oh, it was just because I grew unsatisfied with it and blah, 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 blah. Like, 
you're not going to figure out anything by not releasing anything. Um, and that is something that I didn't really figure out until now. Um, I should have kept releasing music. That's what I, that's what I should have kept doing. There was no reason why I shouldn't. Lord knows I had every availability to do so. I had the luxury of having the studio like literally at my fingertips and knowing how to work it to where I could turn out a song in two hours notice if I really wanted to. And I just never pushed myself to do it because for some reason I just kept thinking, be patient, be patient. It'll, it'll all work itself out. It'll all, you know, come to you and then everything will just take off from there. Um, and like, ultimately I, I don't, I don't really know what it was that just completely clicked off in my head because then there just became a point where I just didn't think to record at all. Like it just, there was a point that I'm pretty sure that if I hadn't recorded again, I mean, I think in my head I would have thought I was okay, even though I would have seen the effects of it way down the line. Um, and so it's like, you know, that's why it was like a really good thing, you know what I mean? Because um, like one of my best friends, like Mitch, when he came back from Long Beach to Tracy, um, he was not the happiest man. Um, and he was not in the best space. And one of the things that he had challenged me to do was to release something. And in my head, it seemed like such a such a simple ask. I didn't look at it as though like he was asking me something crazy to do. And I didn't look at it as though like, I was like, okay, I mean, sure, I'll release something. Like, <laughs> like that's not really a big deal. Um, but when you haven't recorded or released anything in that long, you you kind of tend to, I guess, kind of lose it a little bit. And the thing is, it wasn't like there wasn't times during those stints that I didn't record. Like I did. It's just, I would hate the way it sounded or I just didn't have the energy to mix it or, um, you know what I mean? And at that time too, I was going out everywhere. Like I was like partying it up all the fucking time. I was drinking a lot. And so like, um, you know what I mean? Like my voice was constantly gone. Like I wasn't constantly there to like really like take care of my shit. So it was like even days when I would want to record, my voice wouldn't be there to record. And that was, and again, that's a self-sabotage, right? Because I know what the effects of all this does. And if I know that I'm going to record on like a Wednesday, why the fuck am I going to go drinking on a Tuesday night? You know what I mean? But I would do it because in my head I go, worst case scenario, I wake up and can't record. Oh, well. And that was such a terrible mind state for me to be in, but that realistically was where I was at. So when Mitch asked me to make this change, even though in my head, I didn't see what that impact was going to be. The moment I dived into that EP, legitimately like the best, like it was the most therapeutic feeling I probably have felt. And I, I couldn't tell you. So like music really is just like the motor that keeps me going. And if I don't have that in any way, shape, or form, if I'm not recording and releasing music, then I'm not fulfilling myself. And if I'm not fulfilling myself, ultimately, I am just going to be the most unhappy human being that there is. Um, so, like, I have definitely made it a point now that I, it's like, I go as far as I can out of my way to get recording, to get recordings now so that I can have something for you guys. And, like, I have literally been working, like, 
night and day on just more content, more content, because I, I know when I have my studio days coming up and I want to have the most content that I can to make sure I can get the most output later. And you guys are going to see that this year. There's going to be like, you know what I mean? At least one release, I'm hoping maybe to do multiple. So we'll see what kind of happens with that. But like, that's kind of the biggest thing. I think if you really are passionate about like doing music and like it is something that essentially just is so a part of you, you have to keep recording. Even if you're not the most proud of it, like, like I said, I wasn't the most proud of Wide Awake, like, but it was different, and I was happy that I did it, and I'm very happy that I did it, because look what that did, well, I would not look what that did, but, you know, like, look who's on that, and look where she's at now, like, at least I got that, you know, but, um, you know, look at, like, what, what music does for you, if it does fulfill you, you have to keep recording. Absolutely have to. Alrighty, guys. Well, this concludes another episode of What the Fuck Am I Doing With My Life? Signing off is yours truly. Tino killed it. <laughs>